Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Goodwill Talk. We are so glad to be with you today. My name is Marcus Ortega. I'm one of the pastors here at Goodwill Church. As always, I'm joined by the senior pastor of Goodwill Church, John Torres. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I always get a kick out of that intro because you get to know your pastors. And there are definitely four pastors that no one's getting to know. <laughs> I mean, at some point, <laughs> so we got a minority of your pastors. And well, there's Pastor Joshua Stewart. Yeah. And so there, there's Pastor Jose Rodriguez. There is. There's Pastor Ken Fanning and Pastor Tim Sherritt who has some relation to our subject matter. Yeah, and, and we're going to do a follow-up episode with him at some point when we talk a little bit more in depth about... That's what we say to the guys. Yeah. It's been episode after episode. Someday, you know... You'll, we got to get him in here. Else. It'll happen for you. It's, it, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because they they're probably would do better than we do at this, but still, it's great that... The, I don't know about that. Well, you know, you know I'm trying I to be nice, John. Right. Anyway. <laughs> you know, just stop that because that's never... No, nobody. See, our producer earlier was telling us we need to be nicer, and I tried. Well, and we're ignoring failed. him now. He's still uh, he's producing, he's and we're producing. talking. He's not talking. So <laughs> there we go. The third voice that you're hearing, of course, is Jessica Kilduff, our other co-host. Jess, how are you doing? Great. Yeah. Yep. We're going to talk about something today that creeps a couple of us out. All of us. It's scary. It is small groups. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> just the idea of small groups sends so the chill memories. up the spine All of a of lot of people. Frightening. Yeah. Here's the thing. We had a plan and we've talked about this before. We had plans before COVID happened. And one of the plans was to build toward the launch of small groups across all of our locations here at Goodwill Church. And it's still part of the plans. Oh, yeah. Massive, vibrant network. It is. It is still happening. It, part of the, the lead up to it couldn't happen. But we are still looking to build a, a kind of, yeah, a vibrant network of small yeah. groups throughout Goodwill Church. The problem is that phrase, small groups, or what we're calling growth groups, or oh. cell groups, or all of these different labels, terrify people. It's, it's so, there's so many opportunities to experience creepiness and cringe, <laughs> and just the whole social dynamic is so frightening for so many of us, and nobody talks about it, because it's just, no, that's wonderful. Everybody says that small groups are wonderful. That's why nobody's going to small groups. Right. This you know? is why like churches... tiny minority, you know, <laughs> except for those who do go. And then they're like super religious about it. You got to have a small group because a small group is really that's everything to me. I don't know where <laughs> I would be without my small group. Well, but here's, oh the, like, here's the thing. <laughs> if small groups were naturally something people wanted to do, they would happen. Yeah, they wouldn't require they, pastors all and this promotion. Churches. You know, it's yes. like we're selling timeshares to people. You know, <laughs> it's like, come on, it's a good deal. It really is. And the thing is, once you get into a small group and once you actually invest in people's lives this way, it is beautiful yeah, and it, it is, is really grow you. But man, it is not a natural first step for folks to be like, hey, I want to join a church and then I want to get into a room of 10 other people and share the entirety of my life in somebody's home. Yeah. That I've never been to before. Where one guy talks too much, or yeah. gal, you know, we're equal opportunity here. It could be a gal we, or a guy who just loves to talk. Well, this is their opportunity. And it's God has <laughs> given it to chance. them. And you sit and you listen in the home. You're eating the bars, the brownies, whatever, mm-hmm. the coffee. Always coffee at like 7.30 at night. For some reason, yeah. that's what we decided we want to give to somebody. In a small now you have to do the restroom in somebody's home, their first time in. Yeah. Who wants to do that? And then you no call one. a restroom. It's a bathroom. You're like, oh, 
Yeah. I wonder if there's a fan in here. No fan. Oh. The worst thing in the world <laughs> is to have to ask at your first small group. Oh, can you can you after me? your third cup of coffee because you're nervous because you're there and yeah. it's creepy and you're scared. Can you direct you're me like, to your bathroom, please? <laughs> please, can you? That's not a conversation anybody ever wants to have. No, but first night of small group. Part of the reality of small group you it know? is and of course the you know the host oh of course yeah of course because the host is ordinarily like we're not identifying hosts are really bad at hosting we're identifying people who are genuinely really kind and want to open their homes and do all these things to people you know and it's just uh, it's that's scary. a big deal for them too they yeah. have to clean the whole thing oh. up they i mean you gotta <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> the, imagine the, it, I, the presentation asking my wife hey can we host a small group i think she would just murder me on the spot <laughs> like no absolutely not are we bringing in 12 people into our home to judge us for how we right. live <laughs> oh yeah that's the other part that's a, that's that's another that's another creepy part i mean right yeah oh man now we we're making these jokes but somehow trying to promote small groups well you know we're just not going to we're, we're calling it what it is, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it's... Or what it can be. Yeah. And, and, and the, you know, the, these things you have to get over and be real with and understand. The host needs to understand this. The yeah. people attending need to understand this. You're doing it for a, a good purpose, you know? You're, you're, you're really trying to get relationships going. Yeah, and absolutely. It, and it can be comfortable. You can get comfortable. It just takes time. And, yeah. and I think what we want to do is acknowledge that the first couple times a small group might be a real challenge... But the the gold at the end of this is worth it. You yeah. just got to invest. You got to go long term. You can't go in with the expectation that your first time at small group is going to be awesome. It's it's probably not going to be the best experience you've ever had. Give it time because that's what's where the small group really sings. It's in the longevity. It's in the strengthening of relationships. Just you're in small groups. So so tell like us a couple. Of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you just live in small groups for some reason. Tell us a couple of the groups that you're in. Um, when I I, the first group that I started um, becoming a member of at Goodwill was the Moms Together. Okay. Um, I my kids, I think I had both kids. So I had probably they were like two mm -hmm. and and almost one. And uh, one of the pastor's wives, they had like uh, ministry tables and she was, you know, kept inviting me. You have to come. You have to come. And in my mind, this small group was a bunch of women who are terrified for their children to go into the world. And they're just praying for their children to be like protected from the scary, scary world. Yeah. And I did not need that in my life or maybe I do. And anyway, so it was the pastor's wife inviting you. So you go because yeah. you can't tell her no and she'll call you on it if you don't show up badger you yeah so yeah. i went holy badgering thinking like i could just tell her this was you know it was very nice and it's lovely what they're doing but it wasn't for me and um i just remember like being a hot mess because it was exactly what i needed mm. um wow and so for like i mean i'm i'm still involved with it and my kids have aged out of the group um but i just i i remember how like sanity saving that was yeah. at that moment in my life. And I didn't even really, re I, I wasn't looking for anything. I, it's not like I was saying, you know, I, I'm struggling with this and I need, you know, some women to come alongside me through it. I, in my mind, I was fine. And in reality, I was totally not. I think it that's took somebody a, else seeing that and, and pointing me to what I needed. That's a key distinction. I think a lot of people view small groups as if they're support groups, you know, and they think, well, I don't have anything I need support for. So why would I go to right. a small group? And what you don't realize is we all need support. That's the Christian life. We all need right. to support one another. 
But we have, I think, conflated the idea of small group with like a recovery group or support group in that way. It's like, oh, well, I don't need anything. Therefore, I don't need to be in a small group. Right. But we kind of all need a group of people around us to encourage us in our Christian walk, yeah, which absolutely. is really what we're it's, doing. It's not an option. I mean, yeah. the Christian life is designed to work this way and not another way. So you can't have a Christian life without relationships. It's, you, it's, it's not written into the code. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's like God did not create it that way. The, right. the solo Christian, you know, and today there's a temptation for that because of the internet, mm. because of, you know, the way people can be alone and yet think they're not alone. Because we keep creating things like podcasts that people can listen to on there <laughs> by themselves in the car. Yeah. Well, Whoops. Yeah, well, that's not what we're trying to no, do. No, but no, that's, that, yeah, that didn't go well. Don't use us yeah. <laughs> as an excuse. <laughs> All right, get it back. To not go to your small group. Don't you? Well, that's that's what we're not talking why about we have this, right? That's why we're talking about small groups. So another small group that I'm involved in is a group of of couples. It kind of varies in in numbers, but I would say it's probably like eight to twelve. Okay. Different couples, um, and I found such value in that not only for my husband and, and I for our marriage, but also um, in in getting to know other people in the church and people getting to know you. Like that's how you plug into a big church. You know, yeah. you don't just show up on Sunday and sit and, you know, shake the hands of, don't shake the hands of the person behind you anymore. But when you did, don't, you know, you, there's no you relationship. They're, they're not getting to know you <laughs> and you're not getting to know them. And so, you know, you can come to the church for a year or two or five and never feel like you fit, never feel like you're known. Right. And in going to the small group, as people get to know you, like your church will call you to serve yeah. if they know you. And that's how your church gets to know you. I mean, there's so many things that I have done in the church that are outside of what I would volunteer for or outside of what I would think I'm called to right. do. But when your church calls you to do it, you do it. And there's no way for them to do that if they don't know you. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you, you is like, I don't know if I'll fit in this church. That's I hear that a lot yep. from people who are trying to fit. People are looking for community. Um, that's why we want small groups, because what a small group does is it amplifies none of us fit. Right. Nobody naturally fits into a church. You have to work at it. You have to you have to take that step to get to know other people and none of us fit naturally. The church is this beautiful place where a bunch of people who don't otherwise fit together or get along. Right. We have something in common and his right. name is Jesus. Right. And he empowers us by his spirit and he binds us together with him into this unity of community in the, the life of the church. But the, it's no shortcuts. You right. have to work at it. There's no instant relationship, no instant exactly. church, no instant discipleship. You know, And that's why we need groups like this. Yeah. And that's why we encourage people towards groups, because the, the benefits um, of a small group or a growth group or a cell group or whatever the final name of this thing ever becomes, right? Because we're still in... We need in, a, to put a poll out there. Please find a better name. Yeah, growth group. We're not very group, cell group. Yeah. Uh, which one's creepier? Uh, they, they, it's like they get progressively worse as you dream them up. But I think what the the value of it is once you get past that initial awkwardness, you really do find deep relationships with people that will last maybe your whole lives. I mean, we we know people. One of the reasons we're convinced of the small group model is because we know people. We hear the stories of people who said, "I've been in a small group." And even if the small group didn't last, my relationships with those per people did last. Right. And they've carried me through really difficult times. Well, that's a ringing endorsement for me. I don't hear that about, you know, the fellowship time that I had after church. That really is what's helped me last. 
No. Right. What, what it's helps not over you, donuts and coffee. It's not unless it's in a it, unless it's the donuts and coffee in a living room with these people that you've known for months now because right. you've been in this small group. Well, and you're purposing to invest in each other. Exactly. Exactly. And so. I think all of it, I don't know, Jess, you seem natural at small groups because you go to, you know, a dozen of them or something every week. I do, well, it's just, it's, <laughs> I'll just call hanging out with my friends small groups <laughs> because, I mean, wow. typically, typically we do, you know, focus around something. We gather around some purpose, um, you know, whether it's a, a book that, you know, maybe some, some people within our small group will then, do, you know, do a little book club because yeah. there's a book that we're all interested in, something like that. So we'll call them that I'm involved in a lot of yeah, small groups, but really, it's just you just like hanging out with your friends. I like to hang out with my friends with a purpose. There you go. But I think you know, John, both you and I, we expressed before we got into this that going into a small group is is not the first thing that we would have on our list. So there no. are those who are like waiting and chomping at the bit. We got to have small groups. Then there's the rest of us, right? We're like, yep. <laughs> Enjoy, oh, have fun. That's great. Now. All right. Well, it's harder too because we're pastors, and so it doesn't really work. Oh, to be a part of a small group, and and and. You've got 10 small group leaders that are going to listen to this saying, no, you can come to mine. And, you know, we're just going to make it so comfortable for you. <laughs> and you won't even, we just, it's, you can just be yourself. Never no, works. you can't. <laughs> what are you kidding? I went to, when we first got here to Goodwill. Run. <laughs> when we first got here to Goodwill, we were invited to be a part of a small group. And we were a part of this small group. And the thing died. You and you know it. why? You killed it. <laughs> part of it is because we were there. All right. And that's part of why it died. Here's the thing. Let's just get this out there. We're launching small groups, but this is one of those ministries. We always tell people, we are never going to ask you to do something that we're not doing. Here's the exception. (laughs) (laughs) This is the exception. Don't ask your pastors to be a part of the small groups because we're going to tell you. We have our own. We have our own. That's how I built the church. The the whole branch vision is so that the pastors have each other. And that's the thing that's missing. That's why pastors don't last. That's why big churches with the one pastor, you know, who's like the star, that doesn't, that's a, that's a a, a fatal thing. It doesn't work. You got to have a core. And that's what we've, we've been building over the years. And that is another form of small yes. group. We have we have built into even our polity a small group. We have and you know, an that's a small group that no one else wants to be a part of. Oh. So let's just, it goes both ways. Right. You, you think you want us in our small group. You don't. And, and you, you might think you want to be in ours. ours? No. That is not that's, the thing that you want. No. But that's, I think that's important for people to know that um, the pastors, we have one another. The, uh, our pastor's wives... Have, we one, have yeah, one another, absolutely. and then there are friendships that have been built around that. But yeah. the reason why we don't enter into these small groups is not just a sense of self-preservation; it's also for you. Yeah. We want folks in the small groups to be able to be completely honest and share. And sometimes you want to share about how your pastor made you frustrated, and that's okay. Share that in your small group without the pastor sitting there looking at you while you're trying to tactfully say, well, I didn't like what he said in that message. Right. Well, the pastor's the most lied to man you know, right? Yeah. So <laughs> pastors <laughs> inspire lies. We you know? do. So you don't need that for your small group experience. Mm-mm. By the way, our session is the same way. So we, yes. uh, you know, every month uh, I have the whole session and, you know, uh, husbands and wives and kids, you know, yep. for the few of us that have kids that are, and that's pretty wild, but they all come together in, in my house and that's a small group. It's kind of mm-hmm. a bigger small group. But a lot people. of a lot of what we do in that group, and this can be a good transition to what what can you expect in some of these small groups? Yep. A lot of what we do at session is what you can expect at a small group. Right. And so what we do, and and maybe this is just good for people to know that your sure. pastors and elders do this. We get together, 
we eat together. Yep. Um, we first thing and, food. and part of that, yeah, always first thing food. Dinner, guys. <laughs> yeah. If you don't offer food at your small group, it's gonna die. That's so no offer. Group. No, that's not a small group. That's just <laughs> it's a very small group. Yeah, that's you <laughs> and your family wondering why nobody came. Um, no, offer. You, you, we eat together, and around the table we're just talking. Not just pizza, by the way. No, right, keep no, food. Yeah, food, food. Yeah, we get together, we hang out, we eat, and it is there's a hangout portion of that. We're just talking with each other. How's life going? The the right. fellowship, like the yeah. the the low bar fellowship, right? Right. But then we sing together. Mm-hmm. Worship some awesome. some of the some of the small groups that you go to. You're gonna have a guitar player there, and you're gonna get to sing a song, and that's great because that's just some somebody in your small group naturally loves to do that's, music. That kind of worship is the, is the very best. We wonderful, we so enjoy absolutely. it. It's a absolutely huge. Um, we get into the word together a little bit. Yep, absolutely. And then we spend a lot of time in prayer. And yeah. at the session meeting, what we're doing in that meeting for a good forty-five minutes to an hour is we're just praying for the people. It's it, we call it the foundational session meeting. Right. So it's not a business meeting, although business always somehow finds its way to sneak in there. <laughs> but it That's has to sneak of because we're doing our best extra to not do grace it. for that. But uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's the foundational operational session meeting. Right. It's a foundational small group. It's a small group in the it house. Is. It's the entire model that we're talking about. And so when we think about these small groups here at Goodwill Church, um, one of the, the hallmarks of everything we do, but especially our small groups, is going to be built around the study of Scripture. Um, why is that so key for what we're talking about with small group? Why, why is the building it around the Word, why is that central to what we're trying to do? Same way it's central to our Christian lives, you know, and, and a lot of Christians do have the Bible off there on the side. And a lot of churches have the Bible off there on the side, and the pastor will reference a couple Bible verses as he gives you a message on how, you know, seven steps to victory in life or something like that. <laughs> so we want to make sure that we, we put the Word in the middle, yeah. you know, in everything that we do, and that's the thing that it's, it's our common purpose. It's, it's, there's always a benefit in learning and growing in the Word. There's always a benefit in learning how to talk about your, your positions and opinions on the Word, because you have to know what you believe, and then you have to know how to believe it. And so we learn that together, just to, just to begin to answer that question. Right. And you actually made this distinction, Jess, when you were talking about the difference between just hanging out with friends and hanging out with friends with a purpose. Um, that's what would make a, a small group different than just a hangout time. Um, so talk in, in your own experience in small groups, why is it being centered around the Word so important? Well, I think it, it, it makes it more cohesive. It makes it, you know, it is a group of people who are not like you. It is people who are, you know, in my, my book club, I am the oldest. I'm almost 20 years older than some of the people in my, in my book, in the book that we're reading right now. Um, there are people, I mean, they're lovely, but there might not be people who I would normally connect with. I don't have a lot in common with them, but because we're purposing to get together, because we're purposing to go over something that we're both passionate about, that 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 brings us together, like you said, John. It gives it's like the it is what we have in common. Yeah. And you know, because we are coming from such different places in life, we approach things in a different way or have different experiences, and and we can help each other, um, maybe get a better understanding of what we're studying. Well, and that's big too, right? The the kind of I I coined this intergenerational discipleship, which is something that small groups allow that maybe some other models of ministry don't allow. It is a um, it is a small group where you're going to have people from a variety of different generations and backgrounds and experiences. We have a group that's been meeting um, regularly for, for about a year now. Uh, one of our elders leads it. 
it's intergenerational. It's it's predominantly couples, and it is couples from those who've been married for a couple of years to to a couple of our saints who are in their early nineties, I believe, yeah. um, all in this group together. It is beautiful. You 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 see the screenshot of this group because they've been meeting on Zoom during COVID. Right. It's amazing that you've got this huge cross section of generations. But here's the thing: you got people in their nineties been walking with Jesus for a long time. People have only been walking with Jesus for a little while. Can you imagine the wealth of knowledge and wisdom that is being poured into these younger couples? It's amazing to think. And the energy of the young. It's encouraging. It's it's a two-way street where the value is equal going both ways. And so it's it's a necessary uh, relationship. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit, too. Now, we are entering into the land of sacred cows here. And we want to be we want to be careful. We have a moo sound. Yeah, effect. we may be. You know, we just put our producer on the spot. But no, oh, that's, that's, no that's, that's definitely not what we want. Okay. Um, but well, the sacred part, it's yeah, not the cow yeah, part. The, yeah. yeah. In the land of sacred cows, we can make a lot of people angry. So we want to be careful um, because we've been told by our producer to be nice. But but he didn't mean to do that because no. now he knows that that that's had a bad effect. All that's it's done is make us start looking for sacred cows to kill. Let's make hamburger now. <laughs> but here's the thing. We, we have a tendency in the church to look for those who are like us and congregate with those who are like us. And small groups at Goodwill Church are intentionally going to try and fly in the face of that. This isn't about hanging out with those people that you would like just what was saying, that called? ordinarily hang, like affinity groups. Yeah. Where you congregate around those things that everybody has in common. That is the opposite of what we're trying to do here. What we have in common as Christians is the Holy Spirit, the Word. We've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have hope because of his resurrection. That's what we have in common. Um, that's what we're building our small groups around. And it's going to require people stepping out of their comfort zones into groups where maybe I'm hanging out with people I wouldn't otherwise hang out with. Maybe that's where we're going to get some really cool relationships. Yeah, I think so. And people will know each other and they'll be able to uh, they'll, they'll grow. I mean, the growth really comes from relationship. You know, we, we often think, well, I'm going to grow by myself and I'm going to be wiser or smarter. But that only matters in terms of your relationships improving, your relationship with God, your relationship with other people. So as you have these relationships broaden, everybody wants that. So the affinity yeah. groups are fear groups too, because I'm in this affinity group because I'm afraid that I'll be rejected. I'm afraid of the other groups. So I'm least afraid with these people that are most like me. Well, so, we just shot that sacred cow, didn't we? <laughs> that was great. You're absolutely right. It is a fear-based model of small groups. Yeah, it is. And and that's what we're trying to stay and church, away from. Whole churches do that. Homogeneous, was is that the term? Oh, all right. If I'm trying not to get on a soapbox. The homogeneous principle. Ahead, step up. I'm on now my soapbox. Because here's here's where it gets really, really bad. The homogeneous principle was, uh, was applied to church planting. Mm-hmm. And what you did with this is... You identified your little group and Good said, we Gus. are going to create a branch <laughs> or we're going to plant a church for that group of people. And that group of people was ordinarily middle to upper class, white, educated, um, and of a particular generation. Ordinarily, you were the up and coming um, bank CEOs, or you're on your ascension. Just that God called you to minister to those particular people. Yeah, who are exactly like you. <laughs> or exactly like you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, know. that's, yeah. Um, 
the, I have a deep hatred for the homogeneous principle because it is everything that the Bible is against. Right, it really doesn't find a foothold no. in Scripture at all, and it really does feed into even worse things. You know, it where you start the, to divide people based on race, based on class, you know. It's the uh, ultimate consumeristic approach to right. groups. And that's why we're going to be trying militantly be against that in our small groups. We want you to get to know people who aren't like you, because that's how you grow in your love for Jesus Christ. That's the kingdom. Look at who Jesus put together as his 12 apostles. I mean, he didn't pick, like, all the same kind of guy. How you put a tax collector and a zealot in the same group? Just keeping it interesting, baby. <laughs> like, somebody might not make it through the night. <laughs> you know? That's the kind of group you want. That's like, exactly well, what Well, we all went small did. group, and everybody left. The same number that came left. So yep. there was 100, 100% survival rate out of a small group today. That's and right. that's a victory for Jesus. <laughs> I mean, know? let's get real. You're going to have a small group <laughs> with people who love Trump and people who don't. And that's okay. You had to go there. I did have to go there because people have got to be prepared. All the mail that comes from that, please go to Emma Ortega. <laughs> Send it to me. I am very. I'm quick on the draw with the delete button. Um, but that. But seriously, like we 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 separate over all these issues. We're not going to have a young Democrats group and a young Republicans group. Not going to happen. We're going to force people to get to know each other across the lines that the world says we shouldn't love people across these lines. Jesus says you better start loving, because if you don't love across these lines, you're not being faithful to Jesus. Right. And our small groups better reflect that. And and I think, Jess, talk to me about, you know, as always, it seems, the women have led the way on this with uh, something that we launched over over the, the COVID-19 thing of Kindred, where right. we, we intentionally matched women up outside of their generational experience for discipleship. Now, I don't know if you were in the kindred movement, but you've you've already naturally done this. Yeah, I wasn't a, a part of that, but it was so it was mentor women mm -hmm. of all different ages, um, and then women to be mentored again of all different ages and and places in life. And I know there was um, one mom who comes to the moms group. She doesn't come to the church a lot, but mm -hmm. I mean, she would say that this is her church. And, and she was like, sure, you know, I'll participate. And she said her first phone call with her mentor was amazing. And she said it was exactly what I didn't know I needed. So, you know, thank you for putting this, this together. And so I think going forward, something like, you know, things like that, where you have somebody saying like, and for her, it wasn't, she's, the woman was, was lovely, whoever her mentor mom was, but she said, you know, it was just that she took the time was the most important part. Yeah. You know, she's like, you know, she, she prayed with me and she, I think she shared, you know, a, a couple of Bible, Bible verses, but she said, really, it was just that like, she took the time, she made the call and she, and she just, you know, asked me how I was doing, asked me how, you know, how can she pray for me? How can she support me? And, you know, I, you know, for the, the weeks that they were doing that or still are doing that, I don't know. Um, she said, you know, just knowing that there's somebody who's thinking of me and, and, and setting me aside, it made all the That's difference. It's a lifeline That's for huge. people. Right. It's taking the time. I think that's um, absolutely what small groups are about. You don't do drive-by small groups. We did a drive-through hello. That's the extent of what we were able to do at Goodwill Church was say hello to people. You don't do small groups that way. But even that was like, these are all people that we have been communicating yes. with in different ways, in, in ways that we didn't expect to be communicating mm -hmm. with them for months. Yeah. And so that was their way of talking we got communicated back to. So it's yeah. just a, a conversation stretched out over several yeah. months. Yeah. So it wasn't strangers. It wasn't cheap. 
You know, it wasn't just uh, superficial. Absolutely. It was deep. And our small groups, they they are a wonderful, um, they're wonderful soil for these deep relationships to grow into. Yeah. Um, because it is about the time investment. And that'd be another thing I'd encourage people. Um, small group, we all talk about how busy we are. Small groups is not just another thing to add to the schedule. This becomes a life-giving, time-consuming thing on purpose because we do believe that the Christian life is not just an addendum to your ordinary life. It's all-consuming. Amen. And so we want you to, to start modeling your schedule even around the all-consuming relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Invest. Take the time into other people in small groups. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I know... Uh, Matt and I had a fairly large fight with our in front of our marriage group, in front of our small group. Really, you know, in the last few months. Um, I mean, we we had the beginnings of it in the group, and I Neat. think they all knew more was coming after. <laughs> but I, I remember during that time. I mean, you know, we were fine. We're both a little hot when we fight. We fight good. Okay. But um, I remember in the the week or so after that, so many people from our small group just reaching out to me. How are you guys doing? You know, do, do I need to have my husband reach out to Matt? No, other men have already done it. You know, so like just those people being with you is so important. Imagine that fight without right. the people with silence. investing in. Yes, that can then become the, the, that fight that's done in silence alone on an island could end up being marriage destroying. But because it happened in, a, at least it started and people... <laughs> People who knew you were like, oh, this is going to be a thing when they get home. <laughs> we're able to check in. And now this this is a community who is praying for you, who loves you, is checking in on you. And the fight doesn't become destructive, but actually will become something that deepens the marriage relationship right. and as there's, well. And there's no judgment that, oh, did you see how they, <laughs> wow. You know, yeah. there, there's a judgment of the state of your marriage or... You know, the fact that you're fighting about the nonsense that you're fighting about. But oh, people love it. It's entertaining. It's like, <laughs> all right. They build entire reality TV shows around watching married they couples They all fight. drove home feeling like, we're doing all right, aren't we, honey? <laughs> yeah, we are. You were an encouragement to everybody else. No, I try. John, doesn't that excite you about wanting to go to a small group and putting all that out there? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so I, we have our own versions of it. Right. So, you know, I have the the... the the group of pastors, yes, and, and you know, and we don't meet that often, but often enough, and we're all intense enough where the meetings are just go. <laughs> when we meet, we block out the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> we have to. And 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 then you know, in the EPC, the 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 large church pastors group gathering, it's it sounds empty and void, but it is nothing like. I mean, it's. Uh, so we we are getting to know each other and getting to know each other's spouses and and it's powerful and so it's and you don't get to know somebody who's married without getting another spouse yeah you know well and i think one of the one of the reasons why we wanted to do these small groups for the whole church is because we have this thing called the college of pastors meeting where we get together once a month and it's not business it's it's soul care with one another and we want to see that grow within the congregation knowing that your pastors aren't going to be in your small group, but they have their own, and they want to see that replicated yeah. into the rest of the life of the church because we've seen how that's been encouraging. Because, you know, I mean, we we will sometimes get into some things sure. where we need to talk it out and we need to have those conversations, and it can be challenging. It can be dif- difficult. And, and you know what's fun? Like, those groups 
always happen. They don't always happen with me. So that just makes the point of the, the don't, you don't want the pastor in the group. So you guys have a great time sometimes when I'm not there. Because then, then I hear, oh, yeah. Well, you see we had how to, he's trying to get out of this? We had, to, we had to shore that up. We had to do this. Like, if I'm there, I don't, I don't really get to see the fight. You know, it doesn't happen. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, see? so, I mean, that's, uh, I, I still have to do my own, you know. I mean, it is, it is a little different for a senior pastor. It is different. And that's why I have these yeah. other groups, you know. And early on in my pastorate, I had uh, even more. I really did, outside. And for, for Shannon and I, it's really important that we have yeah. friends for this purpose outside the church because we need that need met. And so Absolutely. that's what pastors will do for each other so that they can both serve as a pastor and uh, well, still and again, be a Christian in, in the you know, design of, relationships. In the design of who we are in the denomination, that's technically what the presbytery is supposed to be, is those relationships you have outside of your local church because there are times where you need to talk about things where you don't necessarily want to have that conversation with somebody that you work with every day yeah. in the local church. Sure, and I think um, that does happen sometimes yeah. at Presbyterian, but got a long way to go. We do. Just, just so right. dear everyone who might be listening in from the POTE, we let's work you. harder yeah, at that. Yeah, let's just work oh. harder at that. Anyway, listen, <laughs> small groups are important. They are something that we are going to be be encouraging people towards. Absolutely. I know I know that this summer our our focus has been getting back together. And that's fine. That's the immediate need that's in front of us. But we also want the reason we're recording an episode and dropping it in the middle of the summer is we want you to start thinking we need to be in a small group and I know it's going to be awkward for some of you. Be willing to fight through that. Well, well last word on it. Because of COVID-19, because of the coronavirus, yeah. some of that awkwardness is stripped away. Mm. Because now the people you meet with are people you're kind of quarantining with. Yes. You know? And so that's happening a lot. And that's really what the small group can be, too. And it is. We have several examples of that. You know, we're not going to name names, but they're yeah. happening throughout the church where you have a, a small group where they're all with each other. So they see and they're supporting each other through mm -hmm. this, and it makes all the difference. And so it's huge. let's let's build more of that. Lots of our, our big church pastors, you know, I've been talking to them. They say this is this is the future. We've got to have this this network of these smaller groups. Amen. Absolutely. Well, we hope that um, this has has at least signaled to all of you whether it's awkward or not. Get into a small group when we launch these things up. Look for that announcement. Get signed up and then persevere through those first couple of meetings because we understand it might be a little bit of a challenge initially. But keep going because the fruit of this is is really really powerful. So we thank you for for listening in to this conversation about small groups here at Goodwill Church. Uh, look for that announcement. Talk more with Pastor Tim, especially because he's going to be the pastor overseeing the launching of this whole small group program. That's really his baby. He's been pouring a lot of work into it. When we really get up and running, we're going to bring him in to talk to us about this and really again encourage you into these groups. Um, but. We wanted to plant the seed now. Be thinking about it. Be looking ahead. Uh, we are looking forward to being with you again next week when we uh, talk again with you, our Goodwill Church family. Thank you for being with us on this episode of Goodwill Talk. Thanks for listening. We hope that this episode encouraged you. To listen to more episodes or to give us that five-star rating, check us out at iTunes or Google Play. You can also listen on the Goodwill Church app. And for more information about Goodwill Church, visit us at goodwillchurch.org. See you again next time here at Goodwill Talk.